Hey folks, on this episode, we'll be discussing R. Kelly and the surviving R. Kelly uh, docuseries that recently aired on Lifetime. Please note that R. Kelly has denied all allegations of sexual misconduct, and the views expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts and not of essence. Boobs on the tables, guys. We'll cuddle up to the mic. Boobs on the table. I have to say, my boobs will We're never be on the table. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to put mine on the table. And- <laughs> okay, yeah. they Because ha- mine- I'm nursing, so mine are now. I mean, they're hanging on. <laughs> You're not doing very well. But look how I have to sit. You have nips on the table. <laughs> <laughs> nips on the table. Well, I'll nips just go ahead and put table. my whole age cups mm. on this table, y'all, because I'm leaning into this conversation <laughs> that we're about to have, because I am Charlie Penn. I'm Corey Murray. I'm Yolanda Sanguini. And this is... Yes, yes girl. girl. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. That was too real. Too real. But it's okay. Can right. I take really quickly still on this topic? Yeah. So, <laughs> one time I was with my friend, and we were shopping, and I think I, I needed a bra, and I went to get a B cup, and she looked at me and said, Corey, now you know you're not a B cup. <laughs> I was like... Grown woman with a child, I could be a beaker oh, if I want to. Like, you're not yet a beaker. I'm not yet a beaker. No. And the thing that really hurt, I've known her since. I was in Wait, so what, what, what size are you? Not that you have to give me the exact no, number. No, I'm a B. I'm a B. Oh, now you're a B. I'm a B. I Woohoo. Or better. But she was like, come she on, was like, But, dude, no, bra shaming is real. Don't you? I used, I stopped going to a certain bra story with a V and an S <clears throat> because every time I would go in there, the lady with the tape measure would come up to me and tell me my bra wasn't fitting right. Don't you hate when you go in places and yeah. the bra girl is like, I'm sorry. And she and you're like, maybe it's not. Maybe I have double boobs. Let me live. I didn't come here for this. I came here for socks. You know, or socks? something. No, like, oh, I, mean, I thought you meant. I, th- I was like, no. these are socks. <laughs> I came there for booty shorts, most likely, back in the day. But I hate when people tell you your bra doesn't fit right. So in that vein, bra shaming is a no. Bra shaming is a no. No bra shaming in 2019. But we got a lot to talk about, y'all. Oh, my God. So much. But I'm mad. I didn't get to talk to this week's guest. We did, though. The DeVoe. Shamari and Ronnie DeVoe. Who many of you know from, do I even need to say it? I hope not, but Well, let's just do it. Let's pull a receipt. Receipt? Okay, from New Edition. New edition. BBD. BRBM. Yes. Can you explain what that is? I'm still learning, but I believe it's RB. No, I'm damn it. It ain't BRBM. Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, and Mike. Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, and Mike. Mm -hmm. If I love the girl, who cares who who she like? like. Yeah. Yeah. Which is their newest group, Missing Ralph. And Johnny. And Johnny. Johnny Gill. Right. Ralph Tresman. Look look at us talking like they should know. Ralph. Ralph Tresman. They better know. I hope so. Because Yolanda, love- when we were doing it, Yolanda was like, Charlie, what's your new favorite new edition song? And I was like, that's not like asking me to pick a favorite child. That is. I don't yeah. even know. if <laughs> There's so many. There but he's so a legend. Many. A living legend Definitely. in music. Yeah. As I love how Shamari says, he's a legend. Like, you love when yeah. she's like, My man knows. is a legend. She does big up him a lot yeah. on that show. Yeah. They're so cute. She really do. Yeah. I think we learned to really like them more after yes. really talking to them about their commitment to each other. Yes. And Definitely. that marriage. Definitely. They've been through some rocky times, mm-hmm. but really had a lot of advice about 
sticking it through and getting marriage counseling, mm-hmm. but also community marriage counseling. So it's not just one counselor. I thought that was really interesting. Was. Community a, marriage Meaning counseling. like it's another couple. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't just go to a man or a woman. They went to a couple that could help them. A Christian couple. A Christian couple. They were very them. intentional about who they got to help them with their marriage problems. Yeah. Y'all hear all about it. It's it's really a great It's interview. really the open marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They survived an open marriage. Yeah. And the open marriage happened in the middle of their relationship. Yeah. Too. It wasn't like it began open and like they were doing great. And then Shamari said, let's try this open thing. It yeah. became like it didn't go well. Yeah. And then they came back from that. But they were honest enough to share the lessons from that. That's good. good yeah. Too. Yeah. Get your mugs, y'all. It was interesting, though. Ronnie did. We did ask him about R. Kelly. Mm. And he, I, I really, I really liked his answer. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, I think you all will, too. So, yeah. Listen in. But first, but- we know you missed comment love. We got a lot of love from you guys in the comments and in the reviews and on social. And we just want you to know we see it. We appreciate it. And we didn't forget that we like to read it. Corey, what's on Twitter? So I'm going to be a little selfish, but I thank Yolanda for pointing it out to me because I missed it. <laughs> hey, you love my freckles at Freckle and T. Quote, listening to Essence Yes Girl podcast and learn Corey Murray is a Capricorn. And now it all makes sense why she is me and I am she. <laughs> yes, Freckle and T. We are together. We are sister. What we are, are sister. What's the Capricorn thing? Like, just give me like one like well, tried and true Capricorn. The best thing. thing we're supposedly ambitious and very hardworking, um, very dedicated. But the best one I heard recently was um, shout out to Marquita. Capricorns, we were born at age forty, and what we were born at forty and already with a four hundred one k. <laughs> so y'all are old, old souls. We are old, old, old souls. And I fell out laughing when I saw that. Benjamin Button. Then. Benjamin Button. <laughs> you like, are definitely Benjamin Button. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I would say old soul, though. You're, you're, so, you're so young. Corey in your, young no, in your um, spirit. True, but I do, I realize, though, I do like old things. It probably doesn't what comes out a really? lot. But I do like really old things. I'm, I'm actually extremely pre- traditional. Do you knit, Corey? I do not knit. I knit. I know. No oh, I love but knitting. You know, with somebody I was like, wait, what? Me at the hair salon, though. Uh, we got a problem with knitting. Yolanda said, hold on. I will hold get on. my needles. I will get my needles. Because I did have I'm a little shame. Like, no, no, no. I don't do I know. that. Wait, hold up. Yolanda. Shout out to Elon James on Twitter. Hashtag is we knit hard. Wait. Okay? Because we out here knitting, okay? Wait, there's a real hashtag, we knit yes. hard? Yes, hashtag, we knit hard. Shoot. Okay. Go ahead, Is this ahead, the Corey. guy that um he was knitting on the train? Yes. Okay. Well, no, no, I don't know if he was knitting on the train. I'm sorry. No, I, th- I read it on New York One. There was a guy who was knitting oh, on the train. Oh, it wasn't him. It wasn't, it wasn't him. him. Yeah. It wasn't him. He was like a real thug dude, and he he but someone taught him to knit, and Listen. it was like a big stress. Well, shout out to the knitters, because I know y'all have needles. Okay. okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Shoot. Charlie, what's your love? What's your Twitter love? I mean, what's some love? Some Yes Girl podcast love we've got. Okay, so I love to scroll the Apple reviews because that's where you guys leave us whole paragraphs and they mean everything to me. This one is from S. Michelle 71. She says, I cannot say enough about this fantastic podcast. It's a wonderful space for celebrating black women. The interviews are insightful and moving. The guests are inspiring and so informative. I absolutely love it. Thank you, ladies, for bringing your black girl magic and excellence to the mic. Thank you, Boo, for leaving a review. Thank you. We know you had to go through steps to do that. Apple reviews. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This one's from I Live. This podcast is one of my favorite podcasts. When I listen, I feel like I'm being fed with class, sass, and my thirst is quenched by the tea that these ladies bring. I love it. Thank you, I Live. I love that one. I'm sorry. 
Your name is Calvert 16. Okay, that's me being an old woman. No, <laughs> why? Because you thought the title was. Mm-hmm. I did too. <laughs> but and one last you. shout out. Thank you, Barry, for naming us one of the top 2018 podcasts by women. We really enjoy the company we with. Thank you for li- loving us, and thank you always for the support. And thank that's you. Barry from at Podcast and Color on yes. Twitter, who has really the I find to be one of the top authorities on Podcast and Color. Yeah, and like, she really listens. She listens to you know? everybody's podcast and gives the most insightful advice. So go follow her on Twitter, check her out, especially if you love podcasts like we do. Thank you, Barry. Are you ready to go in? Mm-hmm. Where do you start? Y'all My know what we're gonna so talk about. Child. I mean, I didn't watch the documentary. You didn't. Watch you did it. <laughs> I was about to say. Are hold you kidding? on. I was in it. In it, I it's... had to take a pause. I finished the last two last night. Oh, oh you had to take yeah, a I, break. Yeah, it was too, it was it was too much. They ran it. I feel like they ran it all day for two, like for the entire weekend. So I just I think I watched the entire documentary, but yeah. not all at once. Yeah, like I kept yeah. stepping away, and then I would turn it on, and it would be in another part. But I feel like I got that entire experience, but just not. It was y'all. Oh, I watched from tell beginning me, to end. Tell me what did you learn? What was the most surprising thing? First reactions. I think for me, it was that there were so many girls. Oh, my God. And and some women, um, but really young girls that he just, you know, he was a predator and he had, he became even more, um, he became a better predator. Like he knew how to, um, to, to spot his victim. And I thought it was really interesting. One of the girls said he knew that he should go for the girl that, um, doesn't have a lot of family support. He knew the type of person that would respond to his um, to his predatory um, uh, habits. Wanted and a music career. Wanted a Wanted music, a music career. career. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh this my god. Interesting. It was really sad. Damn. But Ooh, that for sure. I think for me, just this idea. I had. I we knew right that this was happening. But I guess I always thought he was plucking sort of the women from like a different circle. When we learned that he was trolling McDonald's shopping malls in high school school. on a regular basis with like runners and an assistant, I'm like, and and then like um, one of our editors from Chicago said like they had a joke, like don't go to that McDonald's. That's where R. Kelly picks up his girls when she was coming up. Yeah. What? Like just this idea that, and I kept thinking like my jaw was on the ground, y'all, but I kept thinking nobody's brother or daddy showed up waiting for that black SUV at that high school or that McDonald's one day and was like, Robert Kelly, what are you doing? Like, you're recruiting yeah. babies. I didn't know it was that pronounced, like, publicly. I knew the dirt was going on. I mean, we always heard about it, but I guess I never realized it was like Chicago's not so best kept secret that he was doing this for what years mm-hmm. did y'all know i didn't know i this. didn't know that I did not one know of that. um one of my uh chicago writers or a writer i respect she we were talking on twitter and um shout out adrian and she says she said this is gonna this is spilling chicago in half wow and again and she's like but now the change is that you gotta you really have to pick a side now like there's no going back from it and i never thought about like how I mean, I knew he entrenched he was in Chicago, but how split it is because they've been riding hard for him for so long. But for me, my biggest thing was going into the documentary. I was ex- I was really interested to find out finally the truth truth about Aaliyah. Yeah. But realize now Aaliyah was just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like just the beginning of this sickness, this man was able to go on for years, yeah. years and years and years. And that clip they play 
um, from the interview, because, you know, I was born in 82, kind of like a young preteen during the, his, like, real rise, like the early 90s. So I don't think I was watching. Was it Video Soul? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like some of the things, you know, looking at them now, that clip where they showed up, uh, R. Kelly and Aaliyah showed up in matching outfits mm-hmm. and basically played like, oh, yeah, we're a couple... Like, it was just, oh, my God, it made my skin crawl, yeah. y'all. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that happened. That aired. It was out there. And they, they were so proud of their little secret, sick secret. And that, you know, she's a child. So that's not on her. Yo, that tour manager, that former tour manager. Who watched them Demetrius, get married. Who mm-hmm. forged the dings. And said she looked forged like she the, needed my help yeah. and wanted to talk. But, I, but you didn't. Yeah. You know what yeah. fucked me up was he, when he would talk about Aaliyah, you could tell he was physically uncomfortable talking about it and that's when his i guess soul was coming through but when he talked about r kelly it was that he had good memories yeah it was fond it was uh that i just wanted to go to the tv and just physically abuse him physically people were going in on sparkle um just really being angry at her because she introduced the 14 year old um niece her 14 year old niece to r kelly um, but I thought it was really interesting because everybody thinks, and this is a, the human condition. Everybody thinks it won't happen to me. Mm-hmm. They, the, you know, I hear. You remember when she when she heard that? On, is it Andrea? Or Andrea, Andrea's yeah. wife, Andrea, Andrea. Kelly, mm-hmm. was uh, being abused by R. Kelly. She said something like, "Ooh, I saw it," and I was like, "Ooh, wouldn't be me." You know, something like mm-hmm. that. Well, yeah, and I get it. I'm not judging her for that because a lot of us do that. Where it's like, I, if you, I dare you to do that to me. But then what, and it does happen to you, it's shocking mm-hmm. because you thought you were protected from it because you, you, you I'll, I'll show him. You didn't show him. He showed you. To yeah. piggyback on that you really know? quickly, you know what was shocking to me? Because I admittedly thought he's just young women. And I was shocked that the woman who was the DJ out of Dallas, because she was in Kitty. her 30s. There was the other woman who was in who was 35. Like, it wasn't just like a young woman's mentality that gets caught up in this. It's I think is the type of woman. Yeah. But also, this motherfucker knew what to say. Yeah. Knew mm-hmm. what, I mean, all women, we, I think we all have a touch or we all have a, you know, a moment of self-esteem, but he knew how to hone in on it yeah. and just, just explode and he became it. better at it. He became He's better at the explo- exploiting them. people's, um, Low self confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he segregated them. I remember the part where they were saying the dancers only talk to the dancers, and the you know the backup singers only talk to back, and everyone could only talk to him and each other. They had to call him daddy. He had a whole dictatorship of perversion and abuse, and everyone involved with helping him manage that operation was complacent. Those runners who picked up the phone when these girls' mothers were calling and went to ask our Kelly first. That shit had me ready to fight. Yeah. I was like, are you serious? But I want to hear like people's opinion, like our listeners' opinions, because mm-hmm. I've had this conversation with a few people about, again, Sparkle, again, where people are really upset with her. And I, I commended her for going to the trial, for leaving her career behind, for doing what she had. She was wrong for introducing him, but she tried to fix it. She did. It seems like she really did. What do you think, Corey? The more I think about it, the more upsetting it just gets me. Because I, I hear your question, but I'm also going back to those parents at the the last part of the documentary, the savages, and the the, the Clarelys. Clarelys, like there were several times in the watching the doc, I teared up. But that seeing them, they're throwing rocks at those windows, trying to get their daughter's attention, begging. Just, I just that's when I broke down and started crying. Yeah, they're prisoners. Cause you know what I saw? I saw Jillian in her girl. Mm. 
You know yeah. what I mean? And that's the part that was really like, you see all this light, you see someone who wants to be a performer, you see someone, whatever. And I have my, I, I do, I am judging them a bit about letting them go so blindly to him, but at the same time, that gives no excuse to what he's doing. Yeah. I also do want to say though, an abuser doesn't need a lot of time. And then that's what was shown, especially with Azriel Clary, whose parents, he had sex with her at the hotel. So it didn't even take a lot of time for her for him to get into her head. Yeah. You know, so he, even as we talk about protecting our daughters, and you, you mentioned Jillian as well, mm-hmm. um, sometimes the abuser is someone you know, and it, it takes a couple seconds yeah. to do it. And that's why I think he, like you said, he was so intentional about his victims and maybe their family life and home life and how it, you know, came out. Because, of course, my dad, you know, when I were talking about it and I was just like, Daddy, I don't think if I were pursuing a career, you would have ever let me be alone ever with anybody in, you know, like in any room in any like it never would have went down. But that's not judging those families. They may not. They had to work. They had to do like, you know what I mean? You don't know the circumstances. And I did see some people, you know what, even myself for a minute, I was just like finding myself almost wanting to blame the parents in all these cases. But I, you can't like they have lives to lead. They can't be with their children. They They really did. And there was no way in a lot of cases that they could know. Like, how would you know when you're up here doing your second job of the of the night that your daughter (laughs) is getting picked up by by R. Kelly at a McDonald's? Yeah. Or leaving school, and that course, was Jeronda. Remember Jeronda Pace? Mm-hmm. She talked about her mother was at work. Yeah, so she would cut school mm-hmm. and go and stand in front of the courthouse and wait. You can't for know. R. Kelly. You know, you can't know. Like you can't. And what can you do? And I remember how sneaky I was at that yeah. age. I feel really bad, you know, to saying that. But like, I mean, sorry, Dad, if you listen to the podcast, but I went everywhere. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I wasn't always doing this, you know, like I wasn't always doing anything that would be deemed inappropriate at all, but I wasn't where my dad thought I was. And your intention wasn't to go there and have sex with anybody. No. It was just like, let me just have fun. Just freedom. Yeah. You know, we would say, oh, we're going to sleepover because we just wanted to go out in the city, go dance at a reggae club. We did that a lot. Yeah. But I also remember in those clubs being 14 and 15 with a fake ID that said I was 18, just came there to dance and hear the latest reggae music in the city coming from Jersey. And all the men there hitting on me were like 25, 26, 27, 28, 30. And I do remember at that age being like, ooh, an older guy likes me. And then now that I became that age, being like, what a fucking pervert. Yeah, pervert. I had that experience too. I was was sharing, some of us were sharing on Twitter how you know when you grow up you're developed very early yeah so I've always had the big butt and big hips since I was like 10 and so walking down the street would become so difficult because people sexualize you even before my mind I'm like what are you talking about but grown-ass men would say all kinds of things to you about your body Mm -hmm. as you walk down the street so even that is that the rape culture that we talk about it's so ingrained in our community that it's like it starts, you start grooming little girls to be afraid of their bodies and like, you know, at, at such a young age. And I, I wish more men would be, um, you know, just more cognizant of what it does to a girl to, yeah. for that to happen. And it freaked me out how they kept talking about how comfortable and common it was for older men to prefer younger women. Yeah. You know, his brother in jail talking about, I really don't see the big <laughs> deal. That's my brother's preference preference my body may have looked like i was 25 when i was 15 my mind. but my mind was not there <laughs> sir your preference you know i'm up here barely out of dolls and 
you know what I mean, and dress up. But my because I have big, you know, like big breasts or hips or that. I'm your preference. You're still sick. You know what I mean? Like, no. and but just hearing that and knowing, you know, how common that can be in some. It's not. It's not a black thing. It's not an anyone thing. It's. A, it's just real. Like there are a lot of men, and we see it throughout our lives who prefer younger women. And the yeah. difference between like 19 and 16, we know. Yeah. Ooh. Is so minimal. I'm only quiet over here because it's funny watching the documentary. I got really thankful that older men have always skeezed me out. Like the idea of an older man mm-hmm. remotely liking me always just turned me off immediately. Like I, I, even now, I don't like the idea of an. Well, I take that back. I do like a good zaddy. Okay, oh zaddy. Yeah. Hey Steve Carell. Shout that, out to zaddy. But we earned that. We're <laughs> grown yeah, yeah, I am a 46 hey, year old woman. <laughs> You know what I mean? But we're growing, grown as women. But you know, growing up though, when we going back to when we were, you know, in middle school, high school, you know, you had certain people who really like older dudes, and I was just, it always just, ugh, it just never, yeah. it never. But never now watching that documentary, it made me happy that if I was ever in the present R. Kelly, I would have just ran. I know. I don't. I don't Same. care what the fuck you're saying. I don't want you touching me. But for but but but, but, but still, yeah. they went through hell. The y'all, he had a queen size mattress in the studio. Yeah. What the whole fuck? I'm sorry. Like me, me and G were watching. We were just like, every time one of those little details, and then I can't stop thinking about the dancer who said the bathroom door flew open on the tour bus, and he saw she allegedly saw him having sex with Aaliyah in the tour bus bathroom. Yeah. This grown man. Y'all know what those little ba- like. This is. Just I'm shocked all- at how many tapes he made. Jesus. Like it's only it was only one that got out, and I know Yolani, we, you and I were talking about it on Twitter, but it's like. I remember when that tape came out, mm-hmm. I felt like I was the only person in the world who had I never it. saw that tape. I saw the tape. I never saw but it. But I felt like, er- did you feel like mm-hmm. everyone? Everybody talked about everybody. it. Everybody. And yeah. we all knew what we saw. And I think, because, you know, that's the other conversation. Like, right, like how is he free right now wow. with, with all these things being real? And I had to really go back, you know, being the journalist, after this docs, I had to go back and read. I was like, wait, what happened here? Yeah. Everybody knows what they saw. But because the two people involved said it wasn't them. That's enough to taint a jury, y'all. Yeah. Where is the girl? They said she said it wasn't her, and he said it wasn't him. But yeah, the question of where, where is she? she? And yeah, well, she's I now probably now. what twenty something. She's still a baby. Mm-hmm. Twenty but someone's something trying to years protect old. her from all this pain. You know, I what hope I mean? she's getting therapy, and I can't imagine what she's going through. I can't. One thing, and shout out to Dream Hampton and Toronto Burke, and I, and I know Yolanda, you brought this up. The experts that they had in this documentary, mm-hmm. I learned so much. Like yeah. the About whole idea, and rape culture. Like what is it, seven, six to seven times six before seven times. Yep. an abuser will leave mm-hmm. a victim? Yeah, will leave. And the whole idea of hiding in plain sight, yeah. and them really breaking down, just like a serial killer keeps trophies, yeah. like the way that abusers work. He yeah. followed all those. I also want to say shout out to Jim Dorogatis. I don't know how to say his name. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. He's a Chicago Sun-Times reporter who has been on this story since forever. This man has written so many articles. And I thought it was interesting that he was not in the documentary. I thought so, too. To the point, I wanted to, and I will Google this later. I was like, I mean, God forbid, like, I hope he hasn't. Is he okay? Is he like alive? Yeah, he is. Oh, he, he is. is. Oh, yeah. Okay, because yeah. I was. And wondering he was tweeting. That too. He, he was, was tweeting. Okay, well, mm-hmm. maybe you know. For but he's done reason. like meticulous work on this yeah. uh, on this case, yeah. and um, and of course, shout out to, to Dream Hampton. Yeah. This wasn't. This was so necessary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like you just said, Corey, earlier about your friend's tweet, we have to pick a side now. Yeah. We you have to if you didn't already, y'all know we've been talking about this on Yes Girl for quite some time. 
you know, mm-hmm. and how we just can't. I remember I was saying like the lyrics mm-hmm. seems like you're ready. Yeah. All that stuff. Like I just can't. Nope. I, 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 I've done it. Have you guys done it? Like I just cannot. But you were saying this Yolanda earlier off, off the, off um, when we weren't recording, he's made so much music. Jesus. You almost have to research and really study up on what R. Kelly did yeah. to really even begin to hundreds of songs by some of your favorite artists. Even um, I don't even name the names. Like, there's so many people that yeah. he's written for and has made huge hits for. And you said Shamari, our guest today, Shamari Devoe. She was, you know, um, in black. He wrote. He wrote um, 808. And he wrote Boom Like. I'm sorry, Boom Like an 808. Do it, don't do it. See. Yeah. It's hard. See. And that's what happens. The mm-hmm. music is. We have a relationship with the music, it, and yep. We're fond of it. We yeah. came up on it. Yeah. I can't believe he wrote. He released. Um, Ignition right after the case with of the girl, right after the video. That song was massive. Do you think that's what hot and fresh out the was it? Yes. Kitchen mint. Like I'm out. I'm out of the. Oh God. No, not to know. be funny. But no, like, I'm not. I know you're not. Yeah. You know when he, you talk about jump out of the pan and into the fire. Like yeah. was he trying to say like I'm out of the yeah. flames and I'm oh this and you, fucker. And we didn't know. Like yeah. you didn't even. Oh my God. We didn't have the internet then. You know, so when people say, we're, you know, especially with, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. you guys. Um, we didn't have the internet. We did not know. I mean, all of us. I feel like some people are taking it like, why didn't I do something? Like, we, we, we didn't, didn't know. know the extent unless you were like shipping your papers in from Chicago. There wasn't a I'm, viral story wasn't really what it is today. What it is today. It was either it made national news attention or it didn't. If it wasn't being covered in your local news. I think the extent, not excusing the, I'm just saying the extent of like, my God, what I guess though, we should have stopped when we knew about the girl. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. We should have stopped. And we didn't. When did I Believe I Can Fly come out? After that? No, before that, right? Because remember they were saying that's how he, that's why parents also felt like the guy who made I Believe I Can Fly can't be, can't hate kids. That's like the song. Because he performed at the Olympics. He performed that at the damn Olympics. Yeah. There's so much to unpack here. <sighs> Audience, please tell us, what do you think should happen to R. Kelly? And I also want to say, Essence.com, please go to our site. We are covering this. Um, please go back and revisit Aaliyah King's Mute R. Kelly piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I muted R. Kelly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Brittany Daniels doing some great reporting right now for us. And we, we, we were, because I did see a lot of conversation in the doc and on Twitter about like where was essence or why didn't you know where you know why didn't black media um cover this but i recall that we did but to yolanda's point you didn't have the internet there was no internet so i mean i remember us going um and real talk shout out to angela burt murray and tasha robertson we were the first magazine to talk to andrea kelly and it was a cover it was a cover it was a cover line i remember remember they went to the drake uh hotel to do the photo shoot it was very secretive what she wanted to talk about. Um, it was right after the heels of the tape. Wow. I remember that. So pe- we have been circling this story. And I believe the cover line for that story was, I survived R. Kelly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, this is not a new conversation yeah. with black media. Yeah. But th- our stories weren't being amplified even then. No. And also with Andrea in particular, where people are like, why is she posting videos of her singing to her to his songs? I don't know if you guys saw it. No, I didn't. Which there's a video of her like singing one of R. Kelly's songs recent, like 2018, February. Um, she was like, shout out to my baby daddy, whatever, whatever. 
you know, I'm sorry. I I I feel like victims. It, I don't even know. I have no words, but it's like, it's not as simple as just like being like, Oh, you're a bird. Cause he abused you and you're still singing his songs. Victims don't, it's, it's different. It's, it's not, okay. it's not, and also it's very she complicated. This, she's her children's father. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not giving an excuse, yeah. but it's complicated. It's very complicated. Or else she would have left immediately. If it was as simple as, Oh, he's abusing me. Let me get out of here. It would have ended maybe a year later. But she stayed for how many years? And do you remember the scene where they described she had to knock on the door for like 10 minutes to get him to be, you know, actually pay attention. And then she was asking if she could get something to eat or to do something or come in the room or she was with spark on the on the sofa. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. was it was. I mean, these women have gone through hell, you guys. I'm praying for them. I'm praying yeah. for all of his victims, his current victims, yeah. his past victims. I'm praying that they find a way through this because it is something that you have to survive. Yeah. And I'm also praying someone go lay hands on him. Yeah, if Girl. I could be real. Yeah, I do want to say their names just to keep them in our prayers. Um, okay. Javante Cunningham. I don't know why I remember all the names. I was it just say, really oh, stuck oh, with me. And uh, Lisa. for the record, Yolanda's not reading anything off a sheet I'm of paper. I'm not. I was just so touched by it. Lisa Van Allen, Azriel Clary, Geronda Pace. My God. Aaliyah. Aaliyah. Andrea Kelly. Mm-hmm. You know. It was just, oh my God. Oh. I do want him to go to jail. Um, I can't believe that's a wish and not just something that's already happening. But you know what? They always slip up. He's so proud to be beating this, but we all know that this sickness needs to be addressed or it won't stop. Yeah. So eventually, somebody, you know, someone's gonna get him. I mean, you know, it. Look what happened with Cosby. Something's already getting it him. It took, yeah, you know, like, was, girl, those demons. Yeah. But Ooh. tell us your thoughts. Let us know what you think. This was heavy. This was hard. We're still working through our emotions. We will be for some time. But I'm just, yeah, I can't. And I know that the R. Kelly stuff in the name of love is the ultimate black birthday song, y'all. But let it go. Like let you it got, go. like find another one. Go back to candy. Another. Don't give this just man like money. Candy. Mm. Even Fifty mm. Cent. Mm. Go shorty. You know, like yeah, just if you need a birthday song. Stevie Wonder. Let's go back to the bait. Let's yeah. go back to the original like, Stevie you Wonder. Know, yeah. I know how much music means to us as a culture. I get it. But we got to let this one go. We got to get a song with a new memory. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what we should play? We should start happening. What's that song you told me about, Charlie? Which um, one? Which one? The Snoop Dogg. I'm living my best life. I ain't going back. Yeah, but we can't We can't play that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I ain't going Y'all back make a remix you. of that one using the words happy birthday. Yes. Can we do okay, that? Okay, please. Yes. That's what we need uh, in 2019. Or maybe we can have Shamari and Ronnie. That'd be nice. We can have them do. Hey, Shamari and Ronnie, nice. please make us a new birthday song. We birthday need a new song. We need a birthday classic song. Absolutely, okay? please. But in the meantime, let's get into our interview with the Devos. The Devos. Yolanda. Hey, Charlie. Hey, Boo. You know how excited I get when couples oh, are in the house. I know. This is this is your moment. <laughs> yes. Guess who's here? Tell me. The Devos. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, I need some claps, man. Make yeah. me feel at home. We got yeah. a slow clap for y'all. Oh, slow clap. You guys are going <laughs> on 20 years together. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. In total, so, right? So old. From like, that's a long time. To now. That's yes. a wow. Almost 13 time. years I of marriage. I feel like a whole high school graduate. Like you yeah. just got like that's a long time. Yes, it is. And it you is. still look just as in love. We are. Yeah. Even more in right. love. Yeah. 
That's wonderful. Than we were before. And I never thought that I can get even more in love with this guy. But yeah, because she was all over me in the beginning, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we have a question about the beginning, woo-woo. right? Because we were talking about it. We were like, Ronnie kept his business to himself. Ronnie is very private. You, there's nothing on your Wikipedia page. Nope. No mess. Nope. No nothing. No drama. And then, boom, love of your life. No right. scandals. Right. How did you know she was the one, and how did that happen? Because you are scandal-free. Scandal-free. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I come from an era where you're kind of supposed to not air your dirty laundry, you know, keep it in the closet, sweep it under the rug, you're even though sneaky. I didn't have a that's whole lot. I definitely was sneaky. You yes. know, I was a shy guy, sneaky guy, though. Sneaky guy. But anyway, shy ones with the Scorpio. Ones. Yeah, yeah, Scorpio, right. Scorpio, Scorpio love out there. Yeah, yes, indeed. Scorpio. Can't wait to November. But, um... <laughs> Uh, it was after it was about, March tenth, that's when we met. Two thousand and one. But yeah, she's just saying, when did I know? You know? Oh, right. We're well, I mean, that. I knew Shamari was beautiful. I knew she was intelligent. I knew she was fun, and all of these different things. But whether or not I wanted to ultimately commit myself, I was kicking and screaming for a while. Like we met in two thousand one again, March tenth. I actually moved to Atlanta in November of that same year. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and come on, I'm, I'm in Atlanta, it's the black Mecca, you know, right. like, no, I don't want to be committed. I'm in this new place. I just want to kind of, you know, bounce around and see what the hell is going on. But then she gave me an ultimatum, right? Um, after about two and a half years or something like that, like, look, you know, I know what I want, right? And what I want is you. And I can't continue to kind of play house ultimately anymore, right? So I just had to kind of look in my past and look at her and really just think, do I want to keep bouncing around, you know? Even though I wasn't doing a whole lot of bouncing around because we were together for the most part, damn near all the time. But um, uh, I just looked at the fact that she was there like the music industry is a roller coaster ride and shamari was there when i was in the trenches like on the bottom side you know getting ready to head back up the hill i remember when i first met him he was driving around a 1983 benz yeah, nah, it was still a Benz though. But it was yeah, I think it, yeah. was, it was a '93. Stop playing. It was 1983. Benz. It was a '93. It was anyway. old. He was on the humble. But I loved him. I didn't care about all that. Right, right. I'm not a materialistic girl. So as you can see. Right. So <laughs> I just, can. I just felt like you know, not very many people, um, are, are. Um, you know, they, they, certain people take different things into consideration, right? And for her to be there when I was in the trenches, I mean, she actually paid for a flight or two for me when I was going through a death in my family, right? I mean, to that extent. So, you know, I just kind of looked at it and felt like not only do I enjoy her company, but she's real ultimately and she doesn't care about all of this fluff and that's to be rewarded. So, I'm like, look, I don't want to be the 50-year-old in the club trying to figure out, yo, who's it going to be next? Like, hell nah. <laughs> that's not a good look. Yeah, that's that's not not a, right. okay. And yeah. Shamari, you know, Ronnie is famous. And at that point, he, you know, he's, he's Ronnie from New Edition. Right. And what about him? Did you think, okay... There's a lot of women probably hanging around, mm-hmm. but I still, this is my man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose this man and keep him. I, this is the man I want. I knew he was the man the very first date we ever went on. Like the next morning I woke up like, well, I see you again. Yes, wow. yeah, I was just, 
I don't know. I just love looking at him talk. I love the fact that he was a gentleman opening the door for me. I had never had that before. And he just, he loved his family, his mom. They have a really nice relationship, very close. And that means a lot to me. I even had visions that seemed so real. Like I can even see our wedding in my head. Like I knew he was my husband. He just didn't know it at mm. first. Right. You know, he was kicking and screaming. But you woke up hearing the wedding bells. You knew what it was. Yeah, I knew. Mm. I knew. I knew he was the one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, she told me a story after we met um, about how um, we were on tour in, what was this, 97 or something like that? And oh, we came yeah. to Atlanta. 19, it was like 96, okay. 97, yeah. Right. And how, um, I don't know if she went to the concert, but we were on I went our to way the to New Edition concert, okay, so yes. And we were on our way to the after party or something like that, right? I went to your after party, okay, yes. Okay, so what happened? <laughs> I was 17. Oh, yeah, I so mean, I it just... wasn't going down. I asked less to get that straight, right? <laughs> now, I, didn't, I, I didn't meet Shimari until she was twenty-one, but it was. You actually this moment, met me when right? I was like twenty. Did I? Yeah, at Babyface Studio in L.A. Okay. You don't remember though, because right. I wasn't checking for you then. I thought you were kind of weird, actually. Oh, here we go. All yeah, but listen, but at seventeen, but at seventeen, she was like, Robbie. Oh, You're like, no. Yes. yes she she like, was. please no. Like, yeah, I just, like, yeah, I was, I was like, Ronnie, Ronnie, Ronnie. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, just so something there was about something. this guy. Was like, I she please. spoke it into existence, I, and yeah. there's a crazy thing about that. Like, you can really mm-hmm. speak something into existence. Well, she life. probably didn't even know how strong you know, that reach out at 17 was, you know, um, and it took four years, 18, 19, 20, 21, for it to, you know, finally materialize. For your past to really come together in that way. Right. Wow, fast forward all these years later, and I know it was Shamari's idea to be on the show. Um, (laughs) Well, actually, look. Real Housewives, I'm sorry, I'm completely making that up. Right. (laughs) The the record, Shamari. Okay, so the idea was it? The producers reached out to me mm-hmm. when I was pregnant, like in 2017. And of course I didn't want to deal with all of the, the shade and all the extra stress. So I was like, no, I'm going to pass. And then they reached out to me again in 2018. Mm-hmm. And I went to my husband because of course we have to talk about everything. And I, and I you know, was like, well, what do you think about me doing The Real Housewives? And at first he was like, hell to the no. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> And just the more that we talked about it, we realized that it was a nice major platform for us to be a part of and we would be able to tell our story and people would be able to hear what we've gone through and our mm-hmm. testimony. And um, we just wanted to make sure that as long as it um, promoted our brand and didn't destroy him, especially because he is a legend, okay? New edition, star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, movie right. out about his life, over 30 plus years in the business. Like, you can't take that away from him. I just didn't want it to, to destroy um, his brand or destroy our family because you know what they say about reality TV the and, curse. and yeah. the curse like and all of that. Yeah. yeah um, but so we, we put it in God's hands and we're like, God, if this is for us, please let it come. If it's not, take it away. And I got the spot. <laughs> First of all, I have to say, I love the way you say legend when you're talking about your husband. <laughs> you, you can hear the, you know, I love that. Yeah, yeah. and she didn't the know, she didn't even other. understand that, right. you know, I was a quote unquote legend until. Everybody what? else started. Like, it was they, like maybe three years ago. Mm-hmm. And when they were shooting the movie and people and, and all of that, and, I'm, and people were like, you know, you're married to a legend, right? 
Like I never really looked at him like that. Mm-hmm. And then I started like doing some research and like, yo, look at this, like all these fans and you mm-hmm. doing shows and you you got a star and right. you have a movie out. I'm mm-hmm. like, damn, I'm really married to a legend. <laughs> Are you also mm. the greatest selling R&B group, of, male R&B group of all time? Um, that's the receipt. I mean, I feel like when that's... you combine everything together, not yeah. only New Edition but the Offspring. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you look at Bobby Brown alone and what he's been able to, to achieve, and then BBD, that monster poison and being able to stand the test of time. Um, When you look at R&B music, right, and songs that have come out since the beginning of time, right, Mm -hmm. for Poison, 1990, and it being 2019 now, I mean, you're not going to a club, whether it's a 50 and up club or it's a 16 and over party where Poison is not dropping. So, I mean, I don't really know the numbers, but I do know that God blessed us with talent and he wanted us to make a difference and mm-hmm. an everlasting impression as far as the music industry is concerned. And not only is it New Edition, but the depth of New Edition. Like everybody knows all the individuals and we've had individual success. And um, for me to be 51 years of age right now, it feels like, um, embarking on even a whole new chapter in the 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 floor or the the ground is paved for even newer things like my my wife and I we've released our first single finally after yes Yes. thank you after four almost five years of working on our journey musically because I believe that she has one of the greatest R&B pop whatever voices that I've heard oh, um, thank you babe so was a I'm excited selling. about that yes yes she sure you know? does she sure right, does I'm definitely not an alias honey right so so love comes through yeah. right our first single from me and Mari aka the DeVos is um is amazing it's just another chapter it's just another leaf it's another branch you know from kind of that connected new edition family and it feels good you had all these years ahead of um shamari in terms of knowing about the the music industry and you know the peaks and the valleys you know the hills all the good and sometimes it's not as fruitful what did you teach her about like hey you know Black is like at the peak right now, but there may be days. How do you, you know, even level set and just make sure we're good at home, whether we're platinum selling or we're we're just, you know, having a, a down moment. Um, Not teacher. I hate the word yeah, teacher, but like, what say, was the counseling? Like, you know, the baby, this the wisdom. That's yeah. the word. Yeah. You know what? Um, mm. Teaching wisdom. We go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. What as far as you counseling me on schooling me on like the the music industry and yeah I mean he, I would I would assist as far as shows yeah he definitely concerned. would come yeah. in and and, mm-hmm. and whip us into shape yeah. Um, yeah, before we went on stage and make sure we were doing the moves right. He put that Brooke Payne on us real <laughs> good now. We know all yes. about that one. Right. And he just, you know, encouraged me and motivated That's me. Right. Like even when I didn't have the most, um, you know, the, my self-confidence as far as my voice may not have been where it needed to be. And he really helped to like push me and, you know, told me that I I can go up there and sing with like, you know, the Whitney Houstons and the right. Beyonce's like just, you know, just putting positive um, affirmations mm-hmm. into my spirit so that I can be the best that I can be. Yeah. Yeah. Because Shamari for a time there, 
just lost her passion um, right, I for did. music um, really? right around mm-hmm. the time that because when was passed, that right? in your career there's like mm-hmm. so many ups and downs like we we signed to columbia in 97 we got dropped in 2001 then we signed to Electra in like 2002 got dropped in like 2003 mm-hmm. so i just was like you know i'm done with the music industry yeah. i don't want to sing anymore so i'm gonna do something else that i've always wanted to do and that's go to school so I went to Georgia State University. I got my bachelor's degree. And in that's what? In sociology. Nice. I was Spelman. Oh, yes. Um, right around the corner. Yes, definitely. Um, and I did that. And after that, I was like, okay, well, that's one of my goals that I was able to make happen. So now let me go back and, and start singing again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that... Ron just really helped to push me through that that really hard time mm-hmm. of just not knowing exactly what I wanted to do anymore. It's so, I love that love comes through. Love came through. That's what you named yes. it. Like mm-hmm. it seems like that has really always the love and your connection you have with each other yeah. has pulled you through everything. Even your journey to becoming parents. So yes. Adorable twin mm-hmm. boys. Oh, yeah. Yes. Adorable that you waited a long time for. Shit, we didn't. We didn't wait. You know, um, we well, you were had to wait, right? actively for trying, you know, to have children for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we were having unprotected sex, not really trying, you know, for even more years before that. But it just wasn't God's time. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he probably knew that we were going to face some real obstacles and didn't mm-hmm. want to put, you know, children in a situation where there's divorce and, you know, custody battles and all of these different things and ultimately I think there was a bigger purpose that he had aligned for us and it's like okay sometimes um, you have to wait for the ultimate blessing Mm -hmm. right you Mm -hmm. know so I'm going to make you guys wait longer than you may want to wait just to see if you can brave the storm if you can weather the storm and we were able to and boy them boys came down the pipeline I just remember the day um, Shamari went to the restroom, right? And um, I don't know if I knew you were doing peeing on a little pregnancy test. Yeah, you, you know. told me, right? You yeah. told me. But she had peed on the little thing a couple times before, so I'm probably watching the football game or something <laughs> like. Go ahead, it's probably gonna be negative again, <laughs> right? And Whatever. and then all I heard was run, run, right? <laughs> so I went in the bathroom like, yo, what the hell is going on? And she showed me the thing, and you know, oh. two lines as opposed to the one, and it's and like, I was like, I'm wow, pregnant, yeah. I'm pregnant, oh, I'm pregnant. And he yeah. recorded the whole thing. Yeah. He has it. Yeah. You can't run in the bathroom with the phone. You were yes. ready. Yeah. Yes. He you ready? Phone. Content. He Content. Like, Content. Got it. But I was butt naked, so we can't ever show it. <laughs> <laughs> you won't ever right. see it. It's just for our eyes only. That's the private yeah. collection. Right. Was, uh, oh my god. Finally, that blessing came down the pipeline. Oh. I remember when we covered the news because you know we have you know. Right. As since we support Black Love, yes, we sure always we have, and we, mm-hmm. you know, had our eye on y'all as one of our faves. Yes. And then I remember when you announced, and we were like, "Oh my God!" And yeah. then twins, right? Yeah, right. Oh, we yeah. were ready. That yeah. was even better. Yeah. It Talk is. about yeah. double the double blessing. blessing. Oh, it's like being a it's like being a single parent too with twins. I gotta, I you know, I hug my mom <laughs> tighter 
because of it now because you know she had me and then a year and a half later she thought she was having one baby you know when they pulled rob robert anthony devoe out and then the doctor said whoa whoa hold on she's whoa whoa hold on what the hell you mean something wrong with my baby no you got another one in there you know this is before all these fancy ultrasounds and various things so um yeah, I just hug her even tighter now because of what she had to go through raising three children, wow. right? And for in Boston, us, yeah, yeah, my God, it's like being a single parent it raising is. two it's children so at the same time because you know when you got one, you can say, "Babe, here, you know, I need to run to the store, or I just need a breather for a hot second. But, but you got two, two. Not with two, two not, not after moving, uh, it's, you there's no and yes. all the time. And, and then right. when I'm like, "Oh my God, I need help," and and my devote be like. Well, shoot, I didn't have no help when I had the twins. <laughs> and I'm but like, well, did. you are also 20 years younger than I am right, right now. Right. I'm a geriatric mother, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't have as much energy as I used to have 20 years ago. I it's- hate that term, geriatric mother, <laughs> but they use it. You would, yeah, but you would think, yeah, yeah, you would think she was 35. 60. After 35, that's what they consider you. Yeah. Like, yeah. But you never hear them say geriatric father. Right. What's well, they say geriatric pregnancy, okay. right? Yeah, and I had a high risk I know, it's very annoying when you're trying to give birth. Yeah. No, I understand. Yeah, I was on bed rest in the hospital for two and a half months with these boys. Yes, it was very difficult. And then they came a month and a half early. Mm -hmm. And then they were in the... um, the NICU. the NICU for another month and a half. Right, so 43 it, days. Yes, yeah, so they're just little wow. fighters, man. They mm-hmm. just got... When were they born? What's, what's the they date? were born July 14th, 2017. 2017. 7-14-17. Yes. They're little people. And they're 17 months. Oh, my yes. goodness. And he was born November 17th. It's yes. something about the number 17. 17. Seven's all around me. My, 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 my mom was born on the 27th day. Dad my was dad born was, on the 7th day. My dad was, was born 17th. on the 17th. Yes. Wow. You got the twins in the so family, the sevens. My grandmother was born on the 17th. There you go. Them what? sevens all what over the place. What is up with them sevens? Wow. Ooh. We need to go play some lottery numbers. You know? Yes. Right, right. Charlie, you're way more lucky <laughs> with the numbers. Home. I know nothing about that. Right. But, you know, one of the obstacles that you we've seen on the show was you two decided, well, Shamari revealed, shared that the open marriage and how that right. had affected. Right. You know, we even did a post um, about it, how the lessons that you'd learned about opening up your relationships and how it was a no-no for you and mm-hmm. just healing yourselves, your marriage, you two as people after that. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. How we healed ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it took a lot of work because um, one of the things that my husband, he, he doesn't like to get counseled. And it's very important because we, we look to like fitness coaches and vocal coaches and acting coaches. But for some reason, it's like, oh, we don't want to see a marriage coach. But the marriage coach is the person that actually came in. Well, first it was God because we put God first. And then God led us to them and they actually came in. And we, <coughs> excuse me, we, we did six months of counseling with them, like mm-hmm. maybe four hours a week. It was, it, we had to do so many different things. Like we had to learn each other's love language. We had right. to do lesson plans. I felt like we was in school. Like <laughs> you gotta do the work. Really yeah. putting in the work, you know, and a lot of times couples just give up and they don't want to fight. Mm-hmm. And it takes a fight. You have like to stay committed. Like that's why we call ourselves marriage ambassadors now mm-hmm. because we are, 
representatives. We're here to like promote and boost the idea of couples stand together and fighting for their marriage because we know what it takes and we know that there's an ultimate blessing at the end where you go through something, you go through challenges and you overcome those obstacles and you just love each other more deeper after that. So Yeah, it was mm-hmm. tough though. That, mm-hmm. that open relationship is, is wild because you look at it from one perspective, you know, I, I, and I always say this, I remember Eddie Murphy said, man, you know, same damn saltine crackers, you know, you figure like, maybe I should try some Ritz or what have you, right? <laughs> and um, when she came, when she came, <laughs> when she came, because Shamari introduced uh, this whole idea of open marriage to me, you know, and as a man, you know, and I'm, after seven years of being in our relationship, you know, you get that seven year itch. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, open relationship, huh? So we'll get the chance to be with other people and we can agree on not separating. So I'm thinking, well, this might be all right, right? But then um, she's over here, I'm over there, you know, I'm thinking about what the hell she's doing over there. I'm sure at some point she's thinking the same thing. There's these other people that we're involved with before you know it, jealousy, envy, and all of these things start to creep into our relationship and we're at each other's throats Mm -hmm. and we're separated you know i'm staying in the townhouse she's staying in an apartment you know she's in la i'm in atlanta i'm moving around the country she's in atlanta so it was on the brink of Mm self-destruction and you know ultimately we just felt like um this is not the way for us if we continue to do it then we're just we might as well end this relationship um and um fortunately um the counseling part of it as Mm -hmm. a black male um we're just taught not to really address what's going on in our homes Mm -hmm. right with anybody Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. And for me, finally bowing down to that, we we went to premarital counseling, you know, for probably four or five sessions, and it was a married couple as well, um, and they were pretty good for setting the initial foundation in our relationship. But then once we got married, there was nothing um, until the day I felt like, okay, you know, I'm just gonna listen to my wife and go on ahead and see a counselor, and we went through maybe three or four different counselors that were okay. Some of them were biased. Some of them gave us good um, information and knowledge. But uh, going um, to um, a man or going to a woman, we just felt like we need to go to a couple that Mm -hmm. can give us both sides of the equation. A married couple. A married couple. A Christian married couple. Because, you know, you go to a man and he might look at it from a man's perspective Mm -hmm. or you go to a woman and Mm -hmm. she's right. So going to Martez and Wadrina just allowed us to see it from both sides and they set a really firm foundation. One of the main things that they put on the table for us was active listening, Mm -hmm. right? so many times in a relationship you're having arguments and you're just listening but not really you're waiting to fire back and give your opinion about whatever it is Mm -hmm. that you have challenges on but they introduce active listening which is okay I have to be able to hear my wife and repeat what it is that she said Mm -hmm. so in that case you can't sit there like with a blank wall waiting to fire back you have to really listen to what she's saying to be able to say it back and then if you don't get it all then she'll tell you what you missed and then you can repeat that part so I think that really helped us out 
help both of us out because now we're starting to take in what the other person is saying or meaning or wanting to address. So that was definitely helpful. I would say for a black men, for Asian, Hispanic, whatever it is, um, having a marriage coach and or a marriage counselor is definitely imperative to um, set a firm foundation in your relationship. Um, amen. Fellas, please re listen, rewind, yes. repeat that. Please listen. Black men, no, I'm, you yes. know, we, mm -hmm. that, it's so great to hear you share that testimony mm -hmm. as a couple and especially as a man because right. so many times you can't even get your spouse through the door. Right. Uh, you know, and mm -hmm. then that you guys were so intentional about what type of counselors you chose yeah. and that they were faith based. And that was through trial and error. Like, okay, you know, seeing a, woman or seeing just the man alone it's like okay we, this is how we have to do it right and they had to at least be married for 15 years right. mm -hmm. <laughs> we need somebody with some real knowledge right mm -hmm. and and experience mm -hmm. and they had gone through you know um they wrote a book called a, a blessed, blessed affair, affair you know say mm -hmm. so they had gone through some things yes. but turned the corner mm -hmm. you know and wow. got to their ultimate purpose in life so it so was they good. lived it so mm -hmm. i mean what better people to talk to us and help us get through our challenges than them right but I want I'm, I'm curious Shamari where you were in your heart when you when you introduced the idea because that's yeah. a lot I was I was in a state of brokenness yeah and um, because I was in that state it was a time where I was making a lot of self-centered choices and without going to my husband and making them with him mm -hmm. and it was just a way for me to deal with my pain mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, but eventually I did have to come back to my faith and my principles and realize that the openness had to stop. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it was the openness and the separation that brought us even closer together. So, yeah, it was, it was our journey. It was the path, like marriage is like fingerprints. No, no marriage is alike. Mm -hmm. Everybody has their own journey and that mm -hmm. was the journey for us and it brought us into purpose. And here you can now share with the rest yes. of the world. With the rest of know, the world, yes. What you've learned, mm -hmm. which is so important. And that that We so did great. a piece on that, Lessons Learned from, and it did really well for us, because I think people don't see it as just entertainment. They see lessons in there. Exactly. We learned along with you all, and when you were sharing on the show, we actually wrote about it. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah, I mean, because, you know, this is real life. Yeah, yeah. Yes. favorite expression is grown woman content. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's the stuff that you, the, you know, the soft stuff, and then there's, like, what we really go through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, I really want to talk to you guys about your faith, because, Ronnie, your Instagram feed mm -hmm. is just a sermon. You know, oh, right. you guys together on the show, always praying, being thoughtful and intentional. How obviously you have a faith-based relationship, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. where what moment really strengthens your faith together? Because that's a beautiful thing. That's uh, always been there. You always. know, of course we pray before we eat, and um, I, we can't really say that we're religious per se. You know, we we definitely know that there is a God. Um, mm -hmm. We know that there is a positive source of, source of energy that through prayer and speaking out and intent and belief, you know, dreams and goals and aspirations can be realized. Um, but I think it was once we figured out the order of things in our relationship, which is God first and then each other and began to pray with one another yeah. a whole lot more outside of eating and, you know, just various moments um, in, in our lives, then our bond began to strengthen. Yeah. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was like we we rarely prayed together for a very long time in our relationship. I don't think we started praying together until like like when did we get married? Two thousand six. Mm-hmm. Like nine years mm-hmm. into the marriage, and then once we started praying together, that's when things begin to change, and we put God first. And it, I mean, it's true. It's it's true what they say. Like God is first, mm-hmm. and you're second. I'm sorry. Yeah. God is first. I take second after God. That's the only. That's the only person I'm taking. Only person I'm taking seconds. I know for my husband and I, it was the minute we started, the moment we started praying for each other. Right. Yes. Instead of just praying for what we wanted. You know, I was like that moment. I don't know if you ever felt Mm -hmm. that, but it's Mm -hmm. like suddenly I realized I was praying very intentionally for what he Mm -hmm. needed to grow or to get better. And I was like, okay, God, I see you. Right. Different feeling in your heart. You know, one of the other things, thank you. One of the other things that um, was helpful for us in our relationship that uh, created a bond as well is walking with each other and holding each other's hands like there's something about these things in your fingertips these nerve endings like there's something about that connection of walking with each other in the mornings you know at night so and that was something that we also learned from our marriage coaches that would assist in helping us. Um, So not only was it walking together in silence sometimes, but walking together with each other, holding hands, like we began to just start talking about other things that we really hadn't talked about in a long time and just um, searching um, for ways that we can come together and better communicate or just um, what, just any goals or what uh, or what have you that we had as individuals or even as a couple and um, that was that was very helpful for us in our relationship as well and that also um, we have a married for life walk that we do and this is the third one coming up April 27th and we have like maybe 500 couples that come out um, and incredible. and they walk two miles. They hold hands together. They reaffirm their love for one another. Oh, we're coming. Yes. yes. Oh. That is, yes. When is it? April twenty seventh. April twenty seventh yes. in Atlanta. We, we get up yes. and we speak. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we have other speakers that come. We have entertainment, and we have a balloon release where you you yeah. stare into your your um, uh, spouse's eye or somebody that you're. It's, it's seriously dating couples or right. married couples. So. Um, you stare into your significant other's eyes and you just um, reaffirm your love for one another and you have a balloon and you're releasing into the air and that's just a signal of you, um, let it, uh, symbolizes you letting go of your challenges or anything mm-hmm. that you're going through. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's truly amazing. We hands like so, so much. We take the little things for granted. Like we even have uh, another event that we just started doing actually on the show. We did the first one, so people will hopefully see that. They'll edit things in different ways, so hopefully they'll see that. But couples, cocktails, and conversations, and uh, before it was over, we actually slow dance with each other. It's like, when's the people last don't, time? don't do that anymore. Slow dance anymore. Dance. Right. 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 All grinding and bumping, yeah. twerking. And yeah, so, you know, any t- yeah, anytime we can reintroduce those small things that really mean a lot um, through events or what have you, that's part of our purpose moving forward. 
Never, if you try to slow dance with somebody like in a regular club or bar, they people looking at you like, look at those old heads. And you're like, but I'm not like, it's like slow dancing is not, try it in the middle of a a party. People are going to be like, I can imagine if you're like 21 right now and dating, are you even, do you even, I don't think they know how. They don't know what it is. Right, they don't even dance anymore. No, right? oh, that's oh beautiful, goodness. you guys. I didn't wow. even know that is beautiful. That is beautiful. April twenty seven. Married for Life Walk. Married for Life Walk. Number four, lifewalk.com. Nice. That's wonderful. Get back the love. So Ronnie, you're always on the road. Yes. I feel like every weekend I'm seeing like new edition is here or BBD or right. like how much time do you get to spend at home? Like when was the last weekend you spent at home? Um, so like you, you go out for the weekend, then you come back. Yeah, well, we just we definitely just did um, this tour, this RBRM tour, and that was from September 6th to November 11th. And that was a challenge wow. um, because for the most part, we were on the road Thursday through Sunday. I'm back home Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and back and out right early back out. morning on wow. Thursday. So, man, not seeing my wife or seeing yeah. my children for four days at a time was like, man, it feels good to be able to have Facebook, uh, not Facebook, FaceTime. but FaceTime, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that's helpful, but there's nothing like, you know, there's nothing like, and I was going to lean back, but I got to stay close to the mic, <laughs> but there's nothing <laughs> like when I lay down, you know, and, and, Ronald or Roman, you know, oh, just laid their heads on my chest and they're on their way to sleep when they, or they look up at me and they smile a little bit and they lay their head back down. Like those kind of things right yeah. there or just, you know, those walks, you know, with my wife. Um, it's a challenge, you know, as a, as a father. Um, and it's a challenge even when I wasn't um, a dad just being away from my wife, you yeah. know, for four and five days at a time. Um, Tours are difficult for the most part through the year. We're doing spot, uh, spot dates, so I may be gone on a Friday mm-hmm. and I'm back for the rest of the week, which is cool because mm-hmm. um, you need a break every now and then, you know. And I, and I know my wife is probably like, "Man, can I catch you a break every now yeah. and then?" Yeah, yeah. 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 home yeah. with the twins, yeah. and he be out yeah. getting sleep in the yeah. hotel rooms right. while he on the road. Right, but her profile is up, and so I know I'm probably gonna be the one like, uh, "Couldn't you come home, baby?" No, <laughs> you're gonna be with me. And we're yeah. gonna have the boys. We're I wanna go on a family tour. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. With the yeah. 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 And they're they're, you know, just being premature and um, you know, just being um we just didn't wanna take them out too yeah. much, you yeah. know, early on in, in their lives, right? But now I didn't want to take them out too much. Be real, because no, you was I ready didn't. to take them out everywhere. I'm the one no, that didn't want no, nobody no. touching them. Oh, well, nah, that part of it, yeah, she's like a germaphobe. So <laughs> yeah. look, wash your hands, do all of these different things. But I think the both of us, like anytime we go out of town and maybe we're out of town for three days or more, then we feel like the boys are coming with us. But if I'm out of town for a day or two, like them up and down on planes and stuff like that, we don't want them to be compromised um, because of, you know, their state. But now that they're so strong and, I mean, Mm -hmm. vibrant and just full of energy and everything. So now that they're getting a little older, we feel like it's time to take them with us just, you know, just about everywhere, you know. 
Mm-hmm. They are adorable. Mm-hmm. The yeah. most precious Aww. job that Thank we've you. ever, you know, <laughs> all you. of us, any parent in here can yeah. attest. Yeah. It's the most beautiful thing we'll ever do. It is. Yeah. It is. You know, it is. Yeah. I would not be a good journalist, though, if I didn't ask you about yeah. um, this weekend. We're all talking about uh, R. Kelly and mm-hmm. R&B. And, you know, here in the office, we today we were just sitting here like, wow, there's so many songs that, you know, people are now rethinking, but also thinking about those little girls. Um, yeah. I just you know, you're in the industry. What are your industry brothers and sisters saying like about Right, you see people coming out now. They're like, look, you know, he's a predator. He's a monster. Um, Mm -hmm. Something needs to be done. Um, Even when you look at R. Kelly, when you look at Bill Cosby, and there are other white artists or influential people that I can't even know, uh, remember the names, but um, initially you feel like um, with one person, and one person is even important and relevant or what have you, right? But Mm -hmm. when it gets to the point where five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten plus more people are coming out and saying the same thing about this individual on different parts of the world or what have you, then there's something ultimately really wrong with that and he has to be held accountable. You know, mm-hmm. ultimately God is gonna um, put something on him so that he has to face what he's put people through. Like he's not only tearing families down and apart, but mm-hmm. just think about these young women, you know, mm-hmm. that are gonna be broken and mm-hmm. and you know just in a place that they're changed forever, you know. And you hear about the fact that he was molested as a child. So look at the cycles exactly. of life. Like at some point, the cycle has to be broken and. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to face something in order for him to understand the error of his ways because obviously he's not understanding it. He's probably still living in the house with two or three women at, you know, this very second, you know. So I think not only about the young girls and the young women that he's affecting, affecting, but in watching the series, and my wife and I watched some of it together, I thought about my sons as well, like, you know, I can't just put them in anybody's hands, mm-hmm. you know. If there's not a camera, mm-hmm. you know, looking at mm-hmm. them damn near 24-7, like you have to be aware of who you're allowing your kids to be around. Yeah. It's like, come on, where are your children, you know, mm-hmm. and make sure ultimately that they're okay. And there are cases where um, the parents are trying to figure out where their children are and they're being held hostage yeah yeah, Yeah, against their will and then Mm -hmm. the authorities are not even allowing the parents to get the justice that they're trying to get and there's something sad about that when a young black life is um just it's it's not important you know Mm -hmm. for you to ask more questions or for you to knock Mm -hmm. on the door or shit for you to kick the fucking door yeah. in ultimately yeah. like daughter. what the hell is going yeah. on that right? scene yeah. when the police couldn't help that mom I was yeah. like I kept screaming can we break sad. the windows can we right. throw no. something like something. get the little thing they use when they're doing a drug raid you know yeah. they just yeah. I'm like go get yeah. her baby yeah, yeah. and yeah. you know it's oh. not about white or black but ultimately you know if that was a 13 year old little white girl yeah. you know who's to say what the hell would have happened oh, you yeah. know yeah. right yeah wow I think about Shamari because when you were in the industry, you know, when you started, you were a young girl. Yeah. You know, and I was a young girl. Um, we got our first record deal when I was 17. Yeah. And then um, R. Kelly actually 
produced and wrote our first single, 808. So I met him when I was 19. Mm. Um, thank God he didn't try anything with me, but mm -hmm. I feel really sorry for the women that have been, um, you know, his his victims, mm -hmm. like, and been sexually harassed. And it's just, it's really sad. Like, he needs to be put under the jail. Mm -hmm. Like, he needs to, um, he needs to pay for what he's done. Yeah. yeah. Well, Thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you for yes. coming, giving us your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you, you know, for having us. And your honesty. Mm -hmm. My couple crush is stronger now. So I don't know. Your couple yeah. crush? Yeah, I have a couple yeah, crush. crush. Wait, crush. who has smelly feet in New Edition? No, I'm kidding. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to break this break. break the, uh, it was yeah, real yeah, serious yeah, there yeah, for a minute. Yeah. No, but seriously, thank you guys. Yes, we had fun. You. We love y'all. You see, we cover you guys all the time. Yes. Right. It's always end, good. A couple crush. Yeah. Yes. And positive. Absolutely. Because love is positive. Yes. If you enjoyed these conversations, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Yes Girl. You can find these on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or anywhere you download your podcast. On Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us. Thanks to producer Tiffany Ashate, audio engineer Aggie Ashagre, and music by Gold Standard Creative. Boop. We'll see you next week.